service. So, um, one of the things that we've been exploring quite a bit over uh, the past year is that church is not what we do, but it is what God does, and he invites us to join in with that. Church is not what we do, it's what God does. And in his grace, he calls us, invites us to join in with what he's doing. Um, and I suppose that we've been thinking about that quite a bit, particularly recently, uh, and all throughout and the month of April, as we have been uh, thinking about vision together. And uh, I suppose the way that we've been thinking and talking about that is that the way in which God invites us to join in with what he's doing is in the power of the Spirit. So if that's the case, we probably need to think about the person and work of the Spirit. So uh, over the next four weeks, particularly in the next three leading up to Pentecost Sunday, uh, we are going to be taking some time out as a church to think about the person and work of the Spirit. These next four weeks, we're going to be looking at these four questions. Who is the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to be thinking about for the next three or four hours this morning. And (laughs) next week, we're going to be looking at what does the Holy Spirit do? The week after that, on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to be thinking about what, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? And then finally, on the 27th, we're going to be thinking about well, what, if that's the case, if that's who God is and that's what God does, and now we are filled with the Spirit, how do we live in light of that? How can I live in the power of the Spirit? Just in case you're interested, the first three talks that we're going to be looking at for the next three weeks are all a part of talks that feature on the weekend away of the Alpha Course. Has anyone ever heard or attended an Alpha Course? So a few of you. So you can actually look at all three of these talks um, on YouTube. If you type in Alpha, Holy Spirit Talks, and they're absolutely brilliant. They've probably done way better than I'm about to do them. And uh, if it's, it just kind of give you a, another voice, another way of tracking with it throughout the week. Um, and the fourth, How Can I Live in the Power of the Spirit? Sorry, Nikki Gumbel. I think that's the talk they're missing. And uh, I want to encourage you to... Uh, come along on that day so that we can think about that together. But as we start out, I'm aware that, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that because we have different stories and experiences, because we come from different backgrounds, this phrase, third person, it might, all, might not be all that clear for us. So I wanted to start by unpacking that. When I use the third word, the phrase third person, I mean the Holy Spirit who is God. So when we think and talk about this phrase third person, when I say that, what I mean is the Holy Spirit who is God. And I don't know if it's the first part of that sentence or the last part of that sentence that might be new to you. But when we use this phrase, the third person, what we mean by that is the Holy Spirit who is God. God. And, and that lack of clarity that maybe we have around an issue like this, I think sometimes that can be the church's fault. I don't want to labor this too much, but I think that it's probably fair to say if we were to be just objective for a moment and analyze some of the church's language around the third person, 
And we could come to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is just nothing more than some kind of auxiliary of the church. Now, I don't know if that's a word that you're familiar with or not. Really, to an auxiliary, auxiliary, it means really just help or helper. As if the Holy Spirit is just some kind of spiritual pick-me-up. A strange force or substance that gets poured out, given here, sent there. And we get so familiar with these, this wor- this, these words and this language and we pray, come Holy Spirit. As if it's an energy that we can be filled with, like helium. Uh, Becky, beautiful Becky, was 40 this weekend. Ooh. She doesn't look a day over 39. I said that to her um, the other day. But I had to go and pick up her 40 balloons. Not 40 of them, but a four and a zero. And I could hear it in the background, the coming out of the, the, the big canister in the back. And then this woman comes out with this massive four. I was like, where am I going to put that? Will it even fit in the car? But the Holy Spirit, it's not this energy that we can be filled with like it's helium, a power that we can have and use and direct as and when we want. Like it's something that we're in control of. Do this, Holy Spirit. Do that, Holy Spirit. But I want to suggest to you that the third person conversation is much more profound than that. The Holy Spirit, like I said a moment ago, is equally and eternally God. As much a part of the Trinity as the Father and the Son is. As much a person as the Father and the Son are. He's not some kind of 20th century invention or phenomenon where we have focused on the Father and the Son far too much in Christian theology, so now we need to somehow kind of counter the balance. The Holy Spirit has been at work since the very creation of the world. And that's where I want us to start. If you've got a Bible, maybe you read your Bible on your phone, open up to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Some of the text is going to be here on the screen. And Genesis chapter 1, it reads, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, the text tells us. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the the waters. And, and this is the first key point in, in, in our conversation today around who is the Holy Spirit. The key is that we learn that the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. Some of the language here in the Hebrew, the, the, the way it, it points is that it suggests like it's the Holy Spirit at this moment is like a bird brooding over her nest to bring something new into being. In in asking who is the Holy Spirit, we're given this language from Genesis chapter 1 of the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters, resting like a bird broods and waits over a a nest, waiting and longing to bring something new into being, something that doesn't exist into existence. 
That's who the Holy Spirit is. Out of the chaos, one author says, the Spirit brings the cosmos. I love that. Out of disorder, he brings order. Out of confusion, harmony. Out of the deformity, he brings beauty. Out of oldness, he brings newness. And it's the very same for us today. That's why this is an important conversation for us to have. The Spirit of God, the one that we're thinking and talking about here, who is present at that moment of um, creation, is here. That very same Spirit of God, brooding, waiting and longing at that moment of creation, is here today. He's here, waiting to bring new possibilities into our lives. And the Holy Spirit is always doing new things because he's the creator spirit. This is one of the things that this teaches us. And we can see this in the way that the Spirit brings life to the human human community. Later on in the creation narrative that we read from in Genesis, at the beginning of the Bible, again, some of the text appears here. The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. This helps us to connect even more with the John chapter 20 text that we've been exploring on and off over the past month as we've been exploring vision together. Thinking back to that text where we're told that the the disciples are all hiding from the Jewish leaders because they don't know what to do. Jesus has has died and he's gone to be with, he's gone to, you know, he's been raised back to life. And he just, the scripture tells us in John 20 that suddenly, He appears in their midst. And at that moment, to counter their fear, Jesus breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God came to live within each of them. So yes, the Spirit of God is our creator. But with that, God spends the Holy Spirit now to come and live within us, to breathe within us the breath of life. And And our second key point is that the Holy Spirit came upon people for, but came on particular people at particular times for particular tasks. So, alongside of the sense in which God brings creation into being, brooding over the deep, the scriptures give us this sense in which the Spirit comes to set new life within us. And in that place, we find ourselves enabled to do the things that he calls us to do. The story, if you want to turn to Judges chapter 6, the story of the the man Gideon is a great example. The Lord turned to him, that is to Gideon, and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. God says to him, I want you to go and set my people free. I want you to go and set my people free. But Gideon felt inadequate and ill-equipped. So the Spirit comes to empower and encourage him to lead. That's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. When we say yes to him, 
He takes the places in our lives where we are bound by habits, patterns, or thoughts, and addictions, fears, and doubts, and enables us to break free. Mary is another example. I'm going to read a little bit more than the text that features here on the screen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, I love those words. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be a very great, he will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth will become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of of God will never fail. Mary responded, responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So again, the picture we see, similarly to Gideon, Mary is enabled by the Spirit empowered to do everything that the Lord was asking and calling her to do. The Holy Spirit comes to give us strength to live the kinds of lives that we, deep down, we're longing to lead. So, the first key point was that the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. The second was that the Holy Spirit came upon particular people at particular times for particular tasks and the last, the final, is, is the, the, the key point is to say that the Holy Spirit was promised by the Father and predicted by Jesus. But what exactly has the Father promised? Let's start here. If you, if you, you don't need to turn. Ezekiel 36, verse 26, says this. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So the one that the spirit, the the one the Father sent, the Holy Spirit, comes to bring internal renewal. This is what Jesus speaks about in John chapter 7, as he predicts the coming of the Spirit. You might know these very familiar words. Jesus stood up, it tells us, and says in a loud voice, let anybody who is thirsty. 
Maybe you know the rest of those words if you're familiar with the text. The renewal that the Father promises and that Jesus predicts will be like the way water quenches thirst. We're not dealing with surface things here. Physical thirst, it can be satisfied by drinking water. But the spiritual thirst that every human heart has can only be satisfied by God. It's like homecoming. It's like a perfect fit, a deep sense of belonging. Now, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know my sister was going to be here. I'm not going to talk about you, don't worry. But one of my strongest memories of experiencing the Holy Spirit for the first time was when I was nine. Now, there's two things about this memory. One was, it was the very first time I've ever been outside in my pajamas. So it was quite traumatic. But the second reason was, it was one of those moments where, you know, I I remember we stayed up way past our bedtime. The way that I remember the story, Kathy and I normally disagree on most stories. She thinks I exaggerate, I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, But um, there's a church leader from America, uh, a man called John Wimber, and he had come to do uh, meetings in the, I think it's the basketball arena in UCD. And uh, mum and dad had been at the, um, the conference and we were being babysat and we were brought, I suppose, to meet with mum and dad to go back home again. <clears throat> and I don't know if you've ever been, you know, when you're out in the cold and you go into a, a shop door and one of those down blast heaters kind of catches you on the, on the head and on the back. And immediately inside is a different temperature than outside. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I can remember walking into that uh, arena in UCD and immediately I was aware of the fact that I was experiencing something in the room that I'd never experienced before. I was, I was, I was just nine. I can remember how it felt physically. I, I, I didn't know the songs. People, there was a, a, a man on the stage sitting down. I, I, I didn't, it wasn't particularly exciting music or anything. It didn't grab my attention. But I, can, I could see that something very special was happening and that people were singing the songs and they really looked like they meant what they were singing. And I could see that some people's bodies were moving and swaying and I think it was kind of like walking into a time of prayer ministry at the very end and thankfully it had run over and uh, we walked in, expecting, walked in expecting to be picked up by mum and dad so we could drive home to Scaries but actually we walked into this experience of the presence of God that actually I'm so grateful for because it was like this first I don't know, window into something completely different. Like if we just met in the car park and, and, and gone home, I would have missed that, th- that moment where I experienced the power and the presence of God in a tangible way for the first time. So I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know the songs. I, I wasn't at that moment going forward for prayer ministry, but I felt totally at home. I felt completely like I belonged even though I hadn't been a part of the meeting up to that point. If anyone is thirsty, 
come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me will have streams of living water flowing from within them. And there is something tangible about that. Not just in our own lives, but walking into a space where there was that tangible sense of the presence of God. And I've never been the same since. Part of the text from John that I'm, I'm, I'm quoting in these words is it's designed to be very wide in the sense that Jesus is reminding us that his presence is for anyone, everyone. Anyone who wants to come to me, there's room. There's, 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 there's a space for you. But not just one particular group in people. There's room for nine-year-old kids from scaries in their pajamas. The imagery that the text brings with it is another angle, which is the language of water flowing. It's not meant to just stay in one place, to be enjoyed by a select few. It means that when we're filled, that the life of the Spirit will start to flow through us so that other people can come and drink and be satisfied. And this is the amazing promise of the Father that is predicted and lived out by Jesus. The gift of the Spirit is not just for a particular people at a particular time for particular tasks. It's not just for that, but it's for everyone. It's, it's for you, and 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 it's for them, and it's for them, and it's for them. Whatever it is that God's doing in the life of our community, it's not just for us. This sense in which we are on the cusp of something new and the way God's been speaking to us about vision and our year of prayer to celebrate the 250th anniversary of St. Catherine's and everything else, all the different expressions of community that we want to see develop, it's not just for us. It's for the city. It's not just for us, it's for Dublin Ace. It's for others. So what we've been learning today is, is this. The Holy Spirit, in asking, who is the Holy Spirit? Of course, there's all kinds of other things we could say. But these are the three things I want to encourage us to go home with. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. The Holy Spirit came upon particular people, a particular time, for particular tasks. And he wants to do the same for each of us. And with that, the Holy Spirit was promised by the Father and predicted by Jesus. Whatever else that we could say, if there's just one thing that you take away from our time together this morning, let it be this. The Spirit of God, the one we're thinking and talking about here, He's here now. He's here this morning to bring new possibilities into our lives. And I suppose the, the question I have for you this morning is, are, are you open to receiving more? of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together. Um, obviously, we, we, we don't just want to be a church that talks about 
the Holy Spirit. But we want to be a church that continues to make room and space for the Holy Spirit to to fill us, to refresh us, to renew us, to animate us. And we just wanted to, you know, we, it's, it's only 10 past. Um, we, we've got another 15 minutes. We're going, we're, the band will come back up and um, we're going to do some, um, some prayer ministry. Prayer ministry, if you're on team this morning, maybe I could just ask you to come out and... Um, Maybe worship team, if you could come on out. And I'd just love you just to, if, if you're comfortable, maybe if this is your first time uh, to St. Catherine's and you're very new to um, the life of our church, I just want to encourage you just to, there's no pressure um, to do anything that um, I'm, 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 I'm saying, but we just want to, Make, um, just take a moment just to invite God's presence to come and minister to us. And It's not just something we want to talk about, but it's something we want to experience. And there's no, you know, there's no magic to it. It's just about creating space for God to do what, whatever, what only God can do. So I want to encourage you, if you're happy to do this, just to just to be still. Sometimes it helps to close our eyes and to hold our, our, our hands out like we're about to receive a gift that our, exter- our body mirrors our, the desire of our heart. And we just want to pray what the church has always prayed, which is those simple words, come Holy Spirit. Maybe we can just pray them together for a minute, just aloud, just pray them together aloud. Come Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, we wait for you. So let's just wait for a minute. And as, as we wait, as, as you wait, it's, it really is just simply just, just turning your heart to him. And in what ways seems the most natural, just saying, yes, come, I, come Holy Spirit, I'm open to you. We say yes to you. Spirit of God, we wait for you. Lord, as we have been celebrating who you are this morning, present at creation, coming to enable and empower people to do what you've called them to do. Promised by you, Father God, predicted by you, Jesus, you sent the Spirit We pray that same enabling and empowering, refreshing, where we thirst and long for you. We just pray that you just come and do that now.